hey, hey, it is May, and that means that I am celebrating mom's big time over here at Mama Simpatico. Because Mother's Day is this month, I want to offer free mom life check-ins to both village members and non-village members. So if you could use a little live virtual support, connection, laughter, a place to shed a tear, or just to spend an hour with moms who get it, come hang out with me and fellow mamas. Head on over to mamasimpatico.com backslash momlifechecken, all one word, no hyphens, to sign up. I hope to see you there. Welcome to Mom School, where I help busy and stressed moms like you create a more joyful, balanced, and fulfilling mom life journey. My name is Lacey Newton, and as a mom of two and creator of Mama Simpatico, I understand the challenges of motherhood all too well. And through my own journey of discovery, I've learned the power of mindfulness in helping me move from surviving to thriving. I want to help you intentionally create a mom life that feels good and is aligned with who you are and who you are becoming. So join me on this journey to raise the tide of happiness and mom life for all of us mamas. Now, let's dive into today's episode. In an intense moment, has anyone ever told you to just relax? How does it make you feel when you hear this? How does your body respond? What does it make you want to do? For me, it makes everything worse. I get angry and I feel mad at the person trying to help me. I tense up, I clench my jaw, and my stomach tightens. It makes me want to, at best, ignore this person and at worst, yell or even throw something in their direction. And I'm guessing your reaction is similar. But doesn't relaxing feel good? Don't we want to get there? Let's unpack this a little more and talk about the movement between relaxed and not relaxed states and how we can find more relaxation in mom life. One trait of happy moms is a sense of being relaxed more often than not. On today's episode, we begin our month of exploring how you can use specific practices for relaxation in a variety of daily life situations to become more relaxed yourself. This month, I'll teach you how to practice relaxed moments that, when practiced regularly, will add up to feeling and approaching life generally relaxed as well. And, spoiler alert, I won't ever tell you to just relax. On today's episode, I'll answer the questions, what does it mean to relax? Why should you practice relaxation? How do you relax even when you're busy? And why is it important for moms in particular? I'll also suggest a meditation for you and leave you with a couple of pearls, which are practices in real life. How do you relax right now? Imagine for a moment the different ways you relax during the day or week. How many of those ways involve a screen? And what are you consuming on that screen? Does it trigger relaxation or tension? How many of those ways involve something you aren't totally sure is helpful? like wine or treats or shopping. And if you take out the screens and these questionable relaxing habits, what is left? So what does it mean to really relax? Well, let's look at the science behind not relaxed states, these states of stress and alarm. They have a place in our lives and they happen in response to feeling some kind of threat or trigger And they activate our sympathetic nervous system to pump out cortisol and get our hearts beating faster and our eyes scanning our environment. 
and looking for what could be wrong or what could be lurking around the corner and ready to act fast in self-protection. Our bodies have these states to protect us, and our ancestors used this to their advantage when living in the wild without modern homes and grocery stores. In fact, your ancestors were probably pretty in tune with it and responsive to this physiological reaction. After all, they survived to pass down their genes, and while previous humans, whose sympathetic nervous systems worked in a slower gear, likely became prey and did not pass down their genes. And since most people in modern culture aren't trying to avoid becoming lunch on a daily basis, the sympathetic nervous system isn't needed quite as much. But here's the thing. Our relative safety has improved with society's introduction of modern homes and grocery stores, but our brains are still responding to the environment as if a tiger could jump out from behind the reception desk at our doctor's office. Sometimes I even imagine what it would have been like trying to survive in the savanna with a baby or a toddler. I mean, could you imagine the increased threat that the sounds of a crying baby would have posed and the hypervigilance that must have been required of parents to keep everyone alive? Or what about the toddler who suddenly has a blood-curdling tantrum because their corn husk doll's hair falls off? So all this is to say that there is a very understandable reason that your sympathetic nervous system is on overload. And though there are times when it is useful, most of the time it gets in our way and doesn't feel very good. Truly relaxing the body means purposefully cueing the parasympathetic nervous system and sending ourselves messages of safety. The parasympathetic system is the one that calms down our sympathetic nervous system. So this is not just escaping or numbing out for a while. Sometimes we attempt to relax with habits that actually keep us in a heightened sympathetic nervous system arousal. Drinking too much, eating too much, or overspending. We can activate the parasympathetic nervous system by doing certain things, and in mindfulness we call these things a practice. Let's talk about what a practice is. A practice is what you do with your time, your focus, or your energy. It doesn't have to be a long chunk of time. It's actually what you're doing with your moment that you have in front of you right now. When we practice, we gain certain states. If our practice evokes a happy state and we let these happy practices build up, eventually that will turn into a trait and we will become a happier person. Same with relaxed states. If we have several relaxed states through our days, they add up to us being a relaxed person. And these practices also help us turn our values into verbs, into reality. So if you value relaxation or approaching life in a more relaxed way, that is what you do. And let's talk about how to do that today. But simply put, relaxing means to do things that bring calmness, soothing, and ease. And I want to highlight the word do. To relax is a verb. It's a choice. It's an action. It doesn't happen by simply avoiding stressors or because you lit a candle and put on mellow music. And I want to talk about two different types of practices that will help bring on more and more states of relaxation to add up to a trait of being a relaxed person. There are practices that require time away from our daily life and practices that you can do within daily life. So the practices that require some time away from your daily life 
There are things that you have to work into your schedule or make time for, and other people might need to work around them, like meditation, yoga, journaling, and in the mindfulness community, we call this a formal practice. As for practices that you can do in daily life, these are things that you can do in most moments throughout your day, during most situations, and while in the company of pretty much anyone. So these are things that you can predict and set as a routine. Or these are things that you can do as you need them to give yourself some comfort and kindness. These types of things are working with thoughts, responding to emotions skillfully, ways of giving yourself grace. And in the mindfulness community, we would call this an informal practice. In this podcast, I'm going to be calling these PEARLS, which stands for Practices in Real Life. So both the time away practices and the practices in real life are valuable and there's a place for both in all of our lives. But the reality is we might need to lean on one certain days more than the other. So why should you practice relaxation? Well, when we move through our day with a relaxed approach by having a calmer nervous system, we naturally feel more ease and less frustration. So reason number one, it just feels better. Also, when making decisions, We'll make decisions differently, whether we are in a stressed, aroused, like hypervigilant state, or we are in a relaxed state. When we are in a stressed or hypervigilant state, we will be thinking from our primitive brain, and we are more likely to react in old patterns that used to serve us as kids or younger adults, but are actually unhelpful these days. So things like yelling, blaming others, making cutting remarks, shutting down you know, using alcohol, using food, using money in ways that are not helpful. When we make decisions from a more relaxed place, the calmer nervous system, we think from our prefrontal cortex, which is behind your forehead. And more often, we will spend time thinking through the responses and find one that's most helpful. So our outcome after our problem will be better. There are other reasons to relax too. So Physiologically, the benefits are lowered stress, hormones, better oxygen flow, and better circulation. And psychological benefits include less irritation, better problem solving, more psychological flexibility, and resiliency. And we will talk about what gets in the way of living more relaxed lives in the next episode. But for now, let's focus on whys and hows to do it. Okay, so why is it important for moms in particular? It's, you know, relaxing is good for everyone, but there are many reasons why it would be helpful for moms to focus on this, especially. One reason is that it's hard to relax as a mom. There are many reasons why it's hard to relax as a mom. Physiological and evolutionary theories point out many just kind of reasons why mom life would be more stressful, more hypervigilant, create more hypervigilant states. Research has shown that when parents hear their babies cry, Areas of the brain light up that are associated with obsessive compulsive disorder, also known as OCD, as well as the areas associated with social emotions like empathy. And these are parents who have never struggled with OCD prior to becoming a parent. So this is just part of most people's journey in becoming a parent. And researchers suggest that maybe there's an evolutionary advantage to this, at least that there used to be one. After all, having a baby one hundred thousand years ago was very different than it is today. People were constantly looking for threats to protect the baby and themselves. 
It required a heightened vigilance on behalf of the parents for the baby to survive and not become prey. So these intense thoughts are hardwired into our sympathetic nervous system, and they keep us scanning the environment for threats and ready to either freeze, fight, or flee, even if we don't need to today. And if you are somebody who has given birth recently, you've spent a good chunk of time, like four or five or six months, where your lungs have been squished and breathing has been shallow and access to relaxing breaths which trigger the parasympathetic nervous system, has been limited. So your body just wasn't able to find the same kind of um, soothing and self-calming practices as it does when it's not pregnant. And as a mom, you can really never stop scanning the world for threats to protect your child, even if your child is grown. So this is something that's valuable for any mom at any stage in your journey. There's this quote by writer and journalist Elizabeth Stone. And she says, having a child is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. Forever you're trying to self-protect that heart that is going around the world, living their best life. Um, But it's painful and it's challenging at any stage. And as moms, we make so many decisions every day. It's important to make most of them feeling relaxed because decisions made out of fear on occasion are helpful, but decisions regularly made out of fear will serve as a shield to protect us from the world and will increasingly cause us to disconnect from parts of our lives, from the joys as much as the pains. So it increasingly serves to not help us. So maybe you have a little bit more buy-in about why you might want to spend more time relaxing, but how do you do it? I'm going to suggest that you create one or two routine practices that you do with the intention of bringing yourself relaxation. The important word here is that it's an intention. Like you say, I do this because I want to feel more relaxation in my body. You don't just do it because you don't feel like dealing with, you know, a messy house. You do it because you want to experience more relaxation in your body. And as that quote says, there are many ways to climb a mountain. You're going to have to find your own ways of relaxing. It's not going to be the exact same as mine. And though we can all learn from each other's methods of relaxing, it's just kind of a trial and error experience to figure out what works for you. And as you practice more and more mindfulness, you'll find yourself increasingly in tune to the felt sensations within your body. You'll become more aware of the subtle sensations of increasing tension and be able to respond quicker and quicker. And as you figure out what helps you feel more and more relaxed, the approach to discovering this is more playful. This is not a relaxation boot camp where I have the exact prescription that when you follow it perfectly, you'll shed 10 pounds of unwanted tension. No one here can tell you exactly how this works, but you can listen to what works for others and experiment with it yourself. So put on your scientist's glasses. You want to see what happens when you try different ways of finding relaxation. And it's likely that more than one method will work. And it's also likely that not one single method will work every single time. It's an ebb and a flow and you are the one in charge. And so it's a self-awareness and a self-monitoring that you are looking for. So let's talk about some options you have for finding relaxation. Let's start with the time away ones. So for this, you might be setting up a meditation practice or a breath work practice, getting a good night's sleep, engaging in feel-good physical movement, 
doing restorative yoga, and I will link to a nice restorative yoga video below in the show notes. And it also might be spending time in nature. So those sound well and good if you have time, but what can you do if you don't? So let's talk about those practices in real life, those pearls. The first one I want to talk about is a slow exhale breath. It's slowing down your exhale so it takes about twice as long as your inhale. Eating nutritious foods, drinking plenty of water, focusing on the present moment rather than jumping to what's about to happen or ruminating on the past. And that's easier said than done. So if you're challenged with that, you're not alone. Keep listening. We will be working on that. Reminding yourself with your mind's voice that you are safe, that you're safe, you know, just kind of reiterating that, releasing any felt tension with an exhale, listening to calming music, asking for a five second or longer hug. Also naming your emotions will help activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And so this is quite a list and it's not the kind of list that you can just work your way through crossing things off one by one and then poof, your nervous system is relaxed. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. So pick one thing and experiment with it and then maybe see how it goes and then try something else when you're ready. But for the sake of somewhere to start, I'm going to suggest your first practice to be the slow exhale breath. So let's talk about that in depth a little bit more. The slow exhale breath is a breath that you breathe in naturally and then you try to slow down and extend the exhale to be twice as long as the inhale. It might be helpful to count on the inhale and then double your count on the exhale. So you breathe in regularly, one, two, and then you try to slow it down to one, two, three, four on the exhale. Though this is a very basic practice that I'm suggesting, I'm picking it because of a few good reasons. It requires, for one, a mindful moment. And if you're new to mindfulness, A mindful moment is the moment that happens after something and before your response. So in the middle of what triggers you or what stimulates your behavior and before you actually do something. This practice also brings your focus to your breath in real life. And breath is often a focus during meditation when you're sitting in a formal practice on the cushion. So bringing it off the cushion will help integrate a mindful meditation approach to life. And thirdly, it's also very useful across settings. You can use a slow exhale breath wherever you're at, whoever you're with, whatever you're doing. Okay, so we've talked about the first suggestion for you to play with today. And I want to give you a few other takeaways too. So for a time away practice, I would like to suggest a relax and retune meditation, which was originally created by my mindfulness teacher, Dr. Elisha Goldstein. And this meditation will help you calm the nervous system. A link to this private meditation audio feed is in the show notes below. It's free and it's simple to access through any audio player. You just submit your email and you'll get a link to the audio feed and you can install it on any podcast player like the one you're listening to now. The other offering I'd like to give you today is a restorative yoga practice. And my go-to yoga gal right now is Kat Maffin. And I will link to a YouTube video that she has as well in the show notes. Now for the pearls, the practices in real life. I'm going to suggest you come up with two, and I'll give you some suggestions here. So I would like you to come up with a planned pearl. That means something that you do regularly 
and you pair it. You pair your two long exhale breaths with something that you do regularly. This will help you set up more calmness more often. For example, every time you get off the phone, you might take two long exhale breaths. Every time you buckle your seatbelt, every time you type your password, or every time you fill up your coffee, two long exhale breaths. So you're just coming up with that plan. You're going to integrate it right into your life and it won't slow you down at all, but it will help trigger more parasympathetic activation in your body. The second kind of pearl I suggest you plan for is a responsive pearl. So this means something that that you're going to use like the two exhale breaths after this one kind of event happens. Um, So this will help you learn to use the long exhale as a helpful tool in response to any moment when you need it. So increasingly stressful to any non-stressful moment as well. So for this, you might choose anytime you get a hug, you take two long exhale breaths, or maybe you put on your favorite pair of pajamas, two long exhale breaths, or maybe you, you do it based more on what you're noticing from your body, like your jaw tightens. You take two long exhale breaths. So I'll bet that there are days that are so hectic for you that going to the dentist seems like a luxury spa retreat. So meditation or yoga probably seems impossible those times. But I'll bet that days like that actually provide you with even more opportunities to practice your pearls. So fit in the time away ones when you can. And in the meantime, practice in real life. Let's talk about how this can look in real life. I wanted to share with you some things that relaxed mamas do and then also some things that that mamas who struggle with relaxation might do. So relaxed mamas might notice tension within their body as a cue to use relaxation or to use a relaxation tool. Mamas who are not relaxed often ignore or don't even notice the tension within their bodies. Relaxed mamas respond in helpful ways when they're feeling stressed. And not relaxed mamas often react by numbing or distracting themselves when feeling stressed. But ultimately, these practices add more stress. Relaxed mamas often listen when their inner wisdom wants them to slow down or say no to something. But not relaxed mamas usually often ignore their inner cues that they are doing too much and keep going. Relaxed mamas might remain relaxed when others are not relaxed, but not relaxed mamas might allow others' stress to pull them in and out of a really relaxed state. And the last one, relaxed mamas might make decisions from a place of inner connection, where not relaxed mamas might make decisions from a place of stress or fear. So listening to that list just deciding on where you are between relaxed and not relaxed. And I bet it ebbs and flows throughout the day. But knowing that it's, you know, just kind of an end of a spectrum that you'll probably never be completely relaxed all the time, but that you can keep nudging yourself in that direction. I want to talk about a couple situations of real life where you might use this practice of two long exhale breaths and how it could provide some value. So I'll give you three situations. We'll talk through them and then how, how the practice would look. Okay, situation number one. You get home from a chaotic day of work. You get the kids what they need, and then you reach for the glass of wine. 
You've been practicing mindfulness, so you check in to see if you think that glass of wine will be helpful. And there might be two options here. Maybe your inner wisdom says, yes, it will be helpful. So you decide to mindfully enjoy your wine and move about your evening. The other option might be your inner wisdom saying, no, I don't think it would be. So you might take two long exhale breaths and then choose a restorative yoga practice before bed, soothing your nervous system before getting a good night's sleep. All right, situation number two, you're at the grocery store about to pay and you realize your wallet isn't in your purse. You're alarmed because it's always in your purse. So you've been practicing mindfulness and you sense this tightness in your chest and the heat in your throat. And that tells you that you're getting panicky. So you take two slow exhales and then calmly tell the cashier that you need to check your car for your wallet. And then you can't find it in your car. So you don't know what to do yet. And you decide to stay there and take the slow exhales until the next logical decision comes to you because it will. Situation number three. You hang up the phone and turn toward your computer like you do at least 10, 20, 30 times a day. Then you remember your planned pearl. So you take two slow exhale breaths before checking your email. Okay, to recap, there are many reasons us mamas don't feel relaxed much of the time. They're good reasons, and they've been helpful in the past from our ancestors, even helping us survive different moments of our past. But It doesn't always feel good, and we don't always make the wisest decisions from this stressed or hypervigilant state. And it's not good for our bodies to be constantly in this stress. So there are things that we can do to bring ourselves into a more relaxed state more often. And the practice that we are experimenting with this week is the slow exhale breath. You can also add some time away practices to help regulate your nervous system and integrate some pearls or practices in real life to help you throughout your day. I hope you've gained some value from this episode. I'd love to know how practicing these parasympathetic stimulating techniques work for you, what works for you, what doesn't work for you as well, and what have you noticed as you've been attempting to integrate them. Okay, that is all for today. I look forward to connecting with you again next week.